There are 10 different things, at least, that you love. You have so much passion for these things. You're multi-passionate, as they say, but you can't figure out which one to do. Or maybe you don't have those 10 different passions and can't even identify one thing that you're passionate about. You could literally have multiple conversations with your best friend. One day, it's, oh, I found this idea. I love it. I'm going to do that. And then the next week you chat, you're talking about a whole different idea. Can you relate? Holy bananas, this is a big topic. Welcome to You Can Do Amazing Things, the podcast to help you get out of your own way and accomplish more in your life. I'm Holly Roman, and together we're going to unlock what's holding you back from your next goal and get you into action to step into your greatness and have the success you've been dreaming of. If you're looking for a positive place each week to grow and learn, get inspired to take your next steps so you could feel more success, joy, and happiness, meet me here every Thursday. It'll be like our weekly chat. We'll drink our coffee or favorite drink together, and we'll definitely have some fun learning, growing, and accomplishing your next amazing thing. Let's do this. Isn't it amazing to think that finding your passion or something that sets your heart on fire could be so difficult? And yet it is. It's one of the most confusing things or stumbling blocks to do something you love. You have been dreaming of something more, but not entirely sure what that something more actually is. I think in some cases, and I say this, but it could be just from my perspective, but maybe you might agree. I think it could be the period of life we're in. The idea is this, the timing might reveal that we're ready for something more. Then we start really thinking about it more and more. For example, when you're a mom or dad and your kids are little, that is a busy stage of life, right? You are in it. There isn't a ton of free time. At least I felt like this. It's not, it's not like you had a lot of free time to say, hmm, I just don't know what my passion or purpose is. Because for me, I was just lucky to feel like I could take a good long shower. <laughs> Who is with me on that one? So I think there comes a time as the kids grow or as you become more settled in your life when things are easier to manage. You have more time of your own and that allows you to think more. That is when you start beginning to feel this feeling. At least that's my opinion. Even if that's not what you believe, let's just say we're all there. Let's just say we're all on that same page of really thinking, what is my passion or purpose? I believe that even if you have 10 things you like or you don't quite know what you like, it's still hard to decide which way to go or what that passion even looks like. How do you find this passion or hobby? We're going to take a look at three important steps to do so because you know I like some action items. (laughs) So number one, you're going to figure out your end goal. This is really the first thing you need to do. Figure out your end goal and Anything here is going to be okay, but you're just going to need to deeply know what that is. You could have a goal of creating a side business that brings in extra money, or the goal could be growing a side business to eventually allow you to quit your day job, which is a completely different goal. Or maybe you're wanting to go and change your career. You're in finance, but you have a heart and gift for coaching. So moving totally in an opposite direction to fuel your fire. Maybe you're seeking something that will allow you to grow and learn and be able to give to others, like expanding a hobby. This will bring you great joy, but then sharing it with others will bring joy to them. All of these are perfectly great. They're great examples. It's just knowing that end goal that you're wanting to get to, that's going to be your first domino. 
Once we know this, it's going to give us some really important filters in which to see your next step. Okay, so then what? What if your end goal is still not totally clear? which is very probable. So what you're going to do then is you're going to take your current situation and you're going to journal. You're going to write things down. This gives us so much clarity. Some of the underlying drivers and feelings are going to be found by writing things down. So what are they? Feelings like we're feeling stifled or we need more creativity. Maybe as we write, we're going to start to see this. Or maybe you're feeling bored or unsettled financially or feeling like you're on the wrong path. So writing some of these things down will begin to help you see the patterns to help give you clarity and help you identify your main goal or driver. The next part of this, after you know what your end goal is, which is going to be super important here, then you're going to identify your gifts and talents. Identify those things that make you unique. You know, we go back to that that confidence episode. If you if you listen to that, that was the one of the earlier ones. But really, writing down the things that make you unique and make the things that make you happy and the things you're good at. There are a lot of tests out there, which I love. I love to do these just because I think it helps us connect the dots, but they're really fun to take. They can give you some insights into your strengths and areas you're drawn to. I remember taking the Clifton Strengths Finder test from Gallup. If you've taken this, you know how cool it is. You just take this short test and then it, it sends you this summary and it helps you uncover your unique combinations. They have these themes, like I think it's 35 or... 36, something like that. They have these themes and then it describes what you're naturally good at, what naturally you do best. It really identifies your strengths and then also the areas in which you can improve. I'm going to put the link in the show notes. It's so interesting to do this and just learn more about yourself. I've also recently gotten the book called Sparked by Jonathan Fields. I mentioned it briefly, I believe, in one of my earlier episodes, and it's so good. So he's done decades of research for this book, and he has created this really insightful framework. He calls it the Sparkotypes. He boils it down into 10 Sparkotypes to help you figure out your unique imprint for work that fulfills you. It fills you with meaning and purpose, and it makes you feel alive so much of what we're striving for, right? So kind of connecting the dots again, so to speak, and understanding ourselves better. What fills you up? What drains you? Aiming for doing more of the work that makes you feel alive, right? It's really cool if you want to check this out. So there's a free online quiz to see what your sparkotypes are. There's a main one, and then there's a shadow one, which is more like a complementary sparkotype. So those two kind of go hand in hand. And then there's actually an anti-sparkotype, which is the thing that drains you the most. So it is really interesting to, to learn more about yourself. So the link for that and the free quiz, I'll put it below in the show notes. But even doing some of these tests or reading about these different tools, sometimes you're still confused or stuck. You keep thinking and thinking and overthinking. Can you relate? Oh, I can for sure. So this brings me to number two. One of the most important steps, I think, is this. Stop thinking. (laughs) I am so guilty of this. I can't even tell you. Probably every day I do this. I overthink. I overthink everything. And sometimes because of that, I get nothing done. For me, I know this could be part of the perfectionistic trait that I struggle with for sure. I fight it often. (laughs) Um, I'm sure that's an episode coming, the whole perfectionism thing. So this is a fun example. Let me just tell you this one. So with the podcasts, 
You know how you see those audiograms? Those are the posts with the, the short snippet of your podcast playing, and then usually it has like a waveform playing or a progress bar moving. It's just a social media post for podcasters. So here's me trying to do one. I'm listening to my podcast, trying to figure out which part I'm going to do and grab from it to make this audiogram, right? And I'm literally spending all this time going through like, oh, should I do this or should I do this part? Oh, no, no, I, I can't do that because then it won't make sense. And then, and oh my gosh, it takes me so long. So sometimes I keep thinking and thinking and then I can't decide and I give up. It's brutal, brutal. The overthinking gig is real, trust me. But the problem is we won't know what our passion or purpose is if we just think about it. Thinking won't get us anywhere, right? Maybe you want to start a business, but then you start thinking, oh, I don't know, I, I, I'm too old to start something new, or there's too much to learn, all of that technology stuff, oh, I don't know any of that. And besides, it's probably not even a great idea. We do this all the time. All of that endless inside chatter that we do in our minds, not to mention a lot of those sayings that I just said were of the fixed mindset. If you heard the last episode about improving our mindset and how it's a win-win, it's episode eight if you wanted to go back and check it out. Those things we say to ourselves, I'm too old or I don't know, or those are definitely not things that we should be thinking, let alone overthinking. The thing that is needed is action. Just choose something. This will give us so much more clarity than just thinking about it, and it will tell you if that is your thing. I'll tell you a story that relates to this. So a long time ago when the girls were in elementary school, we would do a lot of crafts at the kitchen table. And one of the things we started was we created jewelry. And so at first it was those plastic beads and we started doing that and they loved it. And so then we started to go to Michael's. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that would be a, quite a trip. We would go and choose all these strands of beads and they were nicer beads than plastic. They were pretty. And so over time, we really just started doing this more and more and the girls were getting really good at it. So one day our oldest daughter thought of a great idea. She said, let's have a lemonade stand this summer. We could put lemonade out and make brownies and then we could sell some of our stuff. And actually they were really getting good. And so I don't know. I said, well, I'm not sure. But if we did it, maybe we could choose a charity that we could donate some money to. So then I would make it more meaningful. So we talked about this and we chose an animal shelter. It was such a cool idea. So we created this cool sign. We got all ready. We made the lemonade, made the brownies. The girls were super excited. And we were on the corner. And this was downtown Chicago, mind you. And we were on the corner and people saw the sign of, you know, the animal shelter. They came over. They just loved it and, and supported us so much and ended up getting the creations that they made for, you know, people in their family. And of course, they weren't expensive, but it just was all for a good cause. And we just did so well. I truly think that they were surprised at how much money we were able to raise. And then we did it again the next year and raised even more money. So it was just so much fun. I say this to then say, it started as that, like something that I was doing with the girls. But then I said, huh, I could, you know, maybe buy these different stones that were nicer, you know, agate stones and gems. And then I was doing more and more. So then I started making things and put it on Etsy and we created a website. Well, 
All of these things kind of took it to a different point where it was fun and I learned a lot. It just became less about time and connection with the girls and then more about just creating the jewelry and sending out the jewelry because there's an order. And it just became less fulfilling. It wasn't something I actually really wanted to do. It just it started out as such a joyful thing with the girls, and I didn't really intend it to go and be a business. So it just looked completely different from how it started, and then it just wasn't joyful. The lesson that I learned, I mean, I learned a ton about all of it, but the lesson I learned is that sometimes it just gives you clarity of what you don't like, right? It's just, it might be fun as a hobby, but you know that that's just not your thing. Just to reiterate, diving in, learning more, doing more of that thing. Maybe you chose one thing because you weren't sure. You just chose it and you said, I'm going to take action. Just doing it will give you so much clarity to see maybe it is your passion or maybe it's not. The third way we're going to talk about how to find your passion is number three. Look for the common thread. This is pretty powerful but it takes some thought. So you're gonna dive into your past experiences, your past jobs, your past hobbies, times where you felt so good and times where you hated it. Like you just, ugh, was draining. And if you're still thinking, well, action sounds good, but I still don't know what action to take, that's fair. And you know that could be the case, but that's when this becomes really helpful. So take out a piece of paper, and start dissecting the past jobs you've had. What did you like about them? What didn't you like about them? What made you feel alive when you did parts of them? And what drained you? What hobbies have you tried in the past that you're still thinking about but never gave it the proper chance? Start writing these things down. You're gonna begin to see the common thread of what makes you excited, what makes you smile, what makes you happy. Seeing all of that, seeing this common thread, then think about how could you do something that incorporates that thing? Or it might be a couple of things, but they're all related. So another part of this might even be more obvious than you really think about. And it it is funny when you just say it, you're like, yeah, why didn't I think of that? Here it is. What do you spend your money on? Or what things are you drawn to on Instagram and social media? What things do you read or listen to? Okay, so let's take an example. Maybe spend your money on all these art supplies because you love drawing. You love like watching artists on Instagram, which actually reminds me, have you seen Devin Rodriguez on Instagram? I'm sure you have because he's so famous, but oh my gosh, if you haven't, you need to check it out. He started this um, project where he draws people while he's on the subway in New York. And he is the the most amazing artist I've ever seen. Truly. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I'll put him in the show notes, but let's just say you really enjoy following artists, but you really deep down have this passion that you'd love to create art and sell it, but you're just not sure how. So let's just say that's the case. Maybe your first step, your first domino is creating an Instagram account for your artwork or even sharing your artwork on your own account. Just putting it out there. That's your action step. I have a friend from years ago when I was growing up. She was actually a youth leader in the church where I grew up in. I love her and her husband. They're so great. A few years ago, I just noticed how she started putting pictures up of quilts that she had made on Facebook. And they, they were really beautiful. Then I started seeing her put up more stuff like paintings and drawings. They were so incredible. 
I saw more and more, and then every time they just got better and better. She is a phenomenal artist. It's true. I, I just, every time I just tell her it's amazing. I just can't stop talking about it. I'm curious if she had this talent all along or if, if this was one of those things where she, and later in life, she was able to really discover that that is so joyful for her and she started doing it. I should really ask her. So what could you start? Do the writing. Write and write and write until you start to see something, start to see the pattern. And then you are going to think, that's it. That is something I really might enjoy. And then start taking the action on that thing. Okay, let's go quickly back to this. But Holly, I have like 10 things I love. How do I even choose? I think that here is when you have to look at each one and you evaluate which one would fit into that bigger goal that we've determined above. This will help you know which action to take, which one to choose. Choose one, move on with it. And then if you do that and you say, "Mm, I am not quite sure I like this, then you know that one is not going to be it and you move on to the next one. You've made it a little easier for yourself to see what you like and what you don't like. You know, it's funny. Uh, My girlfriend and I talk about this all the time. We have these fun discussions and we talk about lots of different things. And I was just telling her actually last weekend, you could have multiple things that you love doing and you don't have an overarching goal. So maybe your goal is just to do a little bit of each of those hobbies and then really enjoy each one. So that's a goal in and of itself. And it's beautiful. It's great. Maybe you don't have to have one big, huge goal. But just know that. Be satisfied with that. The key is if you're feeling any sort of discontentment or like "Mm, something isn't working or something's missing with this idea, then maybe that's telling you you might be wanting or needing more. And only you're going to know. That's for sure. Before we wrap it up, I can honestly say this is so common to not know exactly what your passion or purpose is. But when you find it, and I know you will because I can't wait to hear about it, you will know and it will bring you tears of joy because you're actually doing something that lights you up, that makes you feel alive. Trust me on that one. Let's go over the three ways we talked about to help discover your passion or to help you choose if you're multi-passionate. Number one, first determine what is your end goal. What do you want to happen? Once you know this, it will give you some important filters in which to see your next step. Number two, stop thinking. Overthinking will get you nowhere. Only when you start taking action, that's when you're going to begin to get clarity. And number three, look for the common thread. Look back and see what you liked and what you didn't like about your past experiences, your past jobs, and write it all down. Also, looking at what you spend your money on and what do you gravitate to on social media? What patterns do you see? It will be like a domino effect once you start moving down this path. The first domino being identifying your bigger goal. And then once you start this discovery process, clarity will come. I really believe joy and magic comes from finding your true passion and listening to your heart. You have so many gifts. Which one do you want to grow? Which one do you want to develop and share with this world and feel that bigger sense of joy and purpose? And how beautiful will it be to see how you can impact others in so many wonderful ways? Embrace this idea. 
take that action to find your passion and purpose, and it will change your life. I want to leave you with this quote. The things that excite you are not random. They are connected to your purpose. Follow them. Thank you so much for listening and spending time with me today. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Please share it with a friend who you think would enjoy it as well. If you haven't done so, I would love it if you could give me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That would mean so much to me and it would help get the word out for the podcast. I will look forward to next week. Seeing you here, same time, same place. Have a great week.